Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? The Silk Dress Codebreaker. Sounds a little bit like an Agatha Christie mystery novel, doesn't it? In 2013, Sarah Rivers Cofield bought a dress made back in the 1880s from an antique shop in the US state of Maine. In a hidden pocket inside the bustle of this dress, she found crumpled up pieces of paper with a strange combination of words on it reading Bismarck, Omit, Leafage, Buck, Bank. The code went on. She couldn't figure out what any of it meant, so she posted it online. And the cryptography community convened to try and solve it. The silk dress codebreaker was actually Wayne Chan, a Canadian computer research analyst who cracked it 10 years later. Wayne, welcome to you. Uh, good morning. So are codes part of your day job, or is this something that you like to do in your spare time? Uh, no, it's, it's not at all. It's just a hobby for me. And how did you approach this? I mean, you, you first had a crack at this silk dress cryptogram in 2018, I believe, and it became one of the top 50 unsolved codes online. Does the code-breaking community come together to solve this kind of thing, or is it a bit of a race to see who can crack it first? Tell me what the community's like. Well, I wouldn't call it a race, but, um, and of course, everybody's doing it online, so everybody's just coming up with different theories. Um, but I don't see it as as like a race between people. Um, we were just, you know, everybody was just trying to figure out what it was. Obviously, you're a curious bunch of people, nonetheless. What's the difference between a code and a cipher? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so a, a cipher replaces letters uh, with other letters or symbols, whereas a, a, a code replaces um, uh, words or phrases with, with other uh, uh, words. And had you cracked other um, of codes that were posted online? Was this something that you'd had experience with before? I've worked on a number of unsolved ciphers before, but I've uh, never really cracked any of them. Um, you know, I've worked on the, uh, the, uh, the, the cipher that was associated with the uh, Zodiac uh, serial killer in the U.S. Um, I've also worked on something called the Beale cipher, which is supposed to give you the location of uh, buried treasure. But I never really got anywhere with either, either of those. What is in this for you? You know, what, what do you get out of this? Uh, well, I guess, you know, it, it's just the enjoyment of it. I mean, it's really no different than than when people solve, you know, Sudokus or, or things, you know, like that. You don't get any any monetary reward from it, but it's just, you know, it's just, you know, something that's uh, enjoyable to work on. Yeah, okay. Uh, you came back to try and crack this code again in 2022. How did you actually go about cracking the code? What is the methodology, if you like? Yeah, well... The the general consensus was that it was some form of telegraphic code. Uh, the problem was that there were probably hundreds of different uh, code books uh, during uh, this uh, this era. Uh, so you know, and there was also a possibility that it might have been a code book that's no longer in existence. Um, so you know, it's just trying to figure out you know what what type of code it was. There was some other sundry clues as well. The dress had a label in it that said Bennett. Did that provide any help? No, I mean, after I figured out what type of code it was, you know, after I figured out it was a weather code, I tried uh, looking into uh, who it, who may have owned the dress. The, the, the Bennett name tag, I couldn't really find anybody that was associated um, with the, the weather code that was named Bennett. Um, 
that, that would fit all the other circumstances uh, of the code. You mentioned that you eventually came around to this weather code. We'll come to more about it in a moment, but what was that yes. moment like? Where were you? What were you doing? What did it feel like to get that aha moment? Uh, well, I I was still on on Christmas holidays, uh, so this was um, like in January of 2023, the, like the first week or two. Uh, yeah, I was at home and I was just, you know, I, I'm not sure I can describe it as like a, a really, you know, a, an aha moment because I'm thinking it could be it, but I still need to do a lot of work to verify it. So it, it was more like, you know, over an extended time period, I finally built out, built up enough evidence that it was the, 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 the right code. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, I'm speaking with cryptographer Wayne Chan about the note he decoded that was found in a secret pocket of a 135-year-old dress. So tell me, uh, Wayne, what is a telegraphic weather code that you finally matched the words to? Yeah, so during uh, this time period in, in the United States, the the weather service was uh, run by the uh, U.S. Uh, Army, uh, the Signal Corps, or, or what they called the Signal Service back then. Uh, so they were responsible for the, the national weather and they needed to, to use a, a a code to compress the uh, the weather reports because it was very costly to send uh, the telegrams. So basically, they want to reduce the number of words that were being sent uh, for these uh, these weather reports. It's interesting to think about how this would have been uh, the start of people knowing that what the weather was forecast to be. Do we know anything about the woman who was passing these codes and why it would be so hidden in this secret pocket? Yeah, the. Well, although the pocket is is hidden, I'm not sure how much you would read into that because it is fairly accessible. Um, uh, the the pocket was located near the person's right hand, so basically she would have to flip up uh, the overskirt to access it. But you know, I it's, it's you know, I'm thinking it's not much different than than like a, a inner breast pocket of your jacket, right? It's hidden, but it's not really something that you're you're. It's meant to conceal things, right? So it's a bit of a red herring, do you think? It's possible. Um, I, I've spoken to people who are, are uh, experts in in Victorian pockets, <laughs> and they they told me that it wasn't like really an unusual pocket. <laughs> you really know how to party, Wayne, don't you? You certainly I know. <laughs> find your your interest in in funny funny places. There, there seemed to be a lot of um, going back and forth to different libraries across Canada and America requesting uh, obscure ledgers and archives. You also went through about 170 code books trying to find the one that matched the words on this paper. I, I mean, I just didn't realise there were so many codes out there. Why are there so many? Was it because of secrecy or because of uh, certain technology? Well, it, the, well, so there are two reasons that you had telegraphic codes. Uh, one is secrecy, because your your telegrams went through many different hands uh, between you and, and the recipient, uh, because there'd be the clerks who, who took down your message, and then there'd be the telegraphers who transmitted the message. And on the other end, there will be the uh, the receiving telegrapher and then the, uh, the, the messenger who uh, took the message to the, uh, the recipient. So uh, you wanted to often... Uh, you know, keep your message uh, private uh, by using a, a code. Uh, so that's the first reason. The second reason is for economy. Uh, as I had mentioned earlier, um, you want to save money because you're being charged by the word when you're sending a telegram. 
And so we still don't know exactly who the owner was, if she was the recipient or the, 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 the sender of the message. Uh, you presume that she was the recipient, right? Uh, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, we, we don't really know who she is, but based on analysis of the uh, the telegraphic routes, um, my best uh, conclusion is that she worked at the uh, the Central Signal Service office in Washington, D.C., and as for the cryptography community, you mentioned the Zodiac Killer um, and, and that mystery. What are the current mysteries that the community is sort of working away at? What's the holy grail here? Well, the okay, so the, the, uh, the Zodiac Killer cipher was actually solved uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, um, for Among the, the, the ones that uh, a lot of people are looking at right now is one called Cryptos, which is a, a sculpture on the grounds of the uh, CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia. Basically, the, this, uh, this, uh, this sculptor, um, he created the, the sculptor on commission for the CIA, and it had like a bunch of coded messages on it. It's like a, this copper sculpture that's outdoors. And although people have been able to break the first uh, three sections, there's still a, a remaining fourth section that no one has broken uh, since the early 90s, which is when the, the sculpture was put in place. And are you starting to feel that twitch uh, that perhaps you might be getting closer to that one? Uh, I haven't really worked on it uh, much. Um, I, I've been working on uh, other things, but um, yeah, th that's a really tough one, I, I would think. Um, the, you know, basically the 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 uh, the artist is is getting on in years, so he's kind of giving out hints every few years now. <laughs> I think he's hoping that somebody will crack it before he passes. <laughs> yeah, there's only a certain satisfaction if it's complete before you you you, you pop off. <laughs> Sometimes he he says that he he might uh, wish that it doesn't get cracked. So I don't know. I'm not sure what's more satisfying for a code uh, maker. Uh, I what know, would you I... think? I think I would like to think that it, it it's it's not cracked in my lifetime or in the the artist's lifetime. I think that would give uh, some certain satisfaction because a lot of different, a lot of code breakers, including professionals, have worked on on cryptos. Fascinating to talk to you, uh, Codebreaker Wayne Chan has been my guest. I'll post uh, a link to his uh, his article and the wonderful graphic novel on this story. Great to talk to you, Wayne. Thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park.